Good morning, church. How's everybody doing? I want y'all to make sure and post online. I see a lot of people on there. I see Bob giving us a big thumbs up. Donita, good morning. Good to see you. Uh, Tina, a bunch of people. I'm so glad that you're here. And I especially want to give a shout out to my family, Michelle, Aurora, Amelia, and Sophie. I love you, and I'm glad you're joining with us online. So as you can imagine, it's been a crazy few days. Uh, I don't know that I've ever experienced anything like this. But you know what I love about times like this, and and it's weird to say that there's something I love, but it's seeing people come together. Because it reminds me that no matter how dark the situation is, is there is always a dawn. And there's always a moment where God shows us that it is God that wins, and love wins, and that Christ is Lord. What's so amazing about this is I've seen so many acts of kindness Last night, it seemed like Facebook was taken over and maybe all of social media with people just trying to put positive messages out there. Share your eighth photo in your camera roll or, or whatever it might be. But more than that, people are trying to impact their neighbors in incredible ways with acts of kindness. Zion Williamson, who is the basketball player for the New Orleans Pelicans, and he has already said he will pay for all of the salaries of those who will not be able to work at the Smoothie King Center. Mark Cuban and the Dallas Mavericks have said they're going to do the same thing. I know that there's been lots of conversations in areas where these students don't have, uh, you know, who, who count on free and reduced meals to make sure that they are fed. Friends checking up on friends, neighbors checking up on neighbors. This is what when we, when we Christians say that we respond with, here I am, Lord, Send me. That is what we're talking about. And today is a day for the church. As we're told, um, for such a time as this. That as Christians, we are here for such a time as this. We're continuing our sermon series on the walk, which is five practices that if we put them into place, will transform our walk with Christ. We talked about prayer and worship and guys, I'm so glad that so many of you are still joining us in community. You know, looking at this, this stream and seeing people talk and, and connect with one another, it's amazing. And you guys are amazing. We can still be community, even in the midst of social distancing. But we also remember we're called that five times a day to pray. First thing in the morning, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and at night. And then last week, I think I forgot to mention, I got so into talking about how amazing Scripture is, but called to read five verses of Scripture every single day. So that's, that's the first two, is five verses of Scripture. And today, we're going to talk about what we're called to do when we respond to, here I am, Lord, send me. We are called serve and love our neighbors, more so now than ever before. In Scripture, we have these stories of people responding, here I am. The one that, uh, the, the base one today is the book of Isaiah. And when Isaiah is called by God, Isaiah responds, here I am, Lord, send me. Moses, when he's called to save the people of Israel from slavery, he says, here I am. And Samuel, the great prophet who would anoint David, responded to God's call by saying, here I am. Church, that's what we're going to do. We're going to respond with here I am, and it will change the world. Adam Hamilton in his book, The Walk, says that God's primary mode of working the world is through human hands. 
That's you, that's me, that's the church. And what's so amazing by God, about God is that when we serve our neighbors, when we reach out in acts of kindness and love, we feel wonderful. We feel joy. We're filled with joy. But that's not the reason we serve. Church, we are created to serve. And when we do our created purpose, our God is an amazing God who blesses us. And here's the truth today that I want you to hear. When the church responds and says, here I am, Lord, the world is transformed. Our scripture today comes from Matthew chapter 20, verse 17. Matthew is the first book in the New Testament. And um, it's one of the gospels telling us about the life of Jesus. Starting with verse 17. As Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the twelve aside and by themselves on the road. He told them, look, we are going up to Jerusalem. The human one will be handed over to the chief priest and legal experts. They will condemn him to death. They will hand him over to the Gentiles to be ridiculed, tortured, and crucified. But he will be raised on the third day. We've talked about this before, that this is Jesus' messianic mission. This is what Jesus is called to do. He's saying he is going to go to the cross, that he's going to die so that we can be reconciled to God. Imagine the depth and breadth of what God is willing to do so that you can have a relationship with God. And then right of this, we get this response from the disciples. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus along with her son. Bowing before him, she asked of him, she asked a favor of him. What do you want? He asked. She responded, say that these two sons of mine will sit one on your right hand and one on your left in the kingdom. Think about this. Here's Jesus telling that he's going to go die on the cross. That's his mission in life, to die on the cross so that we might have life. And his disciples are arguing about who gets to sit on his left and his right. Now, that may not make a whole lot of sense to us, but in places of authority, if you had a king, the people to their left and their right are the people with authority in the kingdom. of. And so they are asking to be given places of authority. And what's worse is they ask their mom to go and ask for them because they weren't willing to ask themselves. It's kind of like Little League, right, where your parents step in for you and try to get you the, to be the pitcher. And Jesus responds in this way. You do not know what you're asking. In a short amount of time, Jesus is going to be on the cross after he goes to Jerusalem. And on his left and right are going to be two rebels who are crucified with him. When Jesus is raised in his glory, when he is made king of the universe, is when he is put on the cross. And he wins the victory for us. And he's saying to be asked to be put on my left and right is to be put on the cross with me. He says, that is not for you. But let me tell you about something more. Can you drink from the cup that I'm about to drink? And they said, we can. He said to them, you will drink from my cup. But to sit on my right and left hand isn't for mine to give. It belongs to those for whom my father has prepared it. Now, I'll forgive you if when you think of this, you think of the Holy Grail. And maybe you think about Monty Python or Indiana Jones. That's fine. That is not what Jesus is talking about. He's not talking about the Holy Grail. In the Old Testament, when God talks about the cup of wrath, he's talking about God's wrath for our sin. And what Jesus is going to do is he is going to take the cup of wrath. Remember, right before when he goes to the cross, right before that, he's praying. He says, if this cup can be passed for me, then let it happen. But your will be done, not mine. And what he's saying is that he is going to drink the cup of wrath. He is going to take all of the punishment and the suffering that our sin caused on himself. And then he tells his disciples... You will drink from this cup. 
The disciples, too, will be called into the ministry to take the pain and the suffering of the world. That is what it means to be a servant. You will drink from this cup. All of us are called to drink from this cup. As we think about all that's going on in the world and the suffering that's going on right now, think about how you can drink of the cup of suffering to be there for others who are hurting, who are feeling isolated, those who are already struggling with depression and now are depression and now are isolated. Be the church for them. Now, when the other ten disciples heard about this, they became angry with the two brothers. But Jesus called them over and said, You know that those who rule over the Gentiles show off their authority over them, and their higher-ranking officials order them around. But that is not the way it will be with you. Whoever wants to be great will be your servant, and whoever wants to be first will be your slave. Just as the human one didn't come to serve, but rather to serve and give his life to liberate people. If Jesus came to be the servant of all, how much more so are you and I, his followers, called to be his servant? But how do we do that? How do we respond to say, here I am, Lord? If you go into my house, you'll see that one of the scriptures on the wall is from Joshua, and it says, as for me and my house, we will choose to serve the Lord. Joshua said this when it was at the end of his life, And he presented to the people of Israel and he said, this is our option. You have seen how God has been faithful. You can either choose to serve the world as the people around you do, or you can choose to serve the Lord. We choose to serve the Lord. And to serve the Lord means to serve and love our neighbors. Jesus, one of the reasons he came and became human is so that he could show us the way. He gave us the example of what it means to live and to have new life. And so we too are called to be servants. I want y'all on the, on the YouTube to comment and, and let me know, can you share one way that someone who said, here I am, Lord, send me, has been there for you? And then I'll share, I'll read a couple of those. So I'll give you about 30 seconds to start posting. But post on there, where has someone stand in the gap for you stood in the gap for you, said, here I am, Lord, and has been there for you. Maybe you guys who are here can shout out an example of someone who has been there for you. Keith Stevens says, so many. And Keith, you have been that for so many people too, with all your mission work and your love and your kindness. Anybody else? Mark has had two mentors who have changed his life. I've had countless people in my life who have given their life so that I can know God. One of my favorite scriptures that hangs on my wall in my office is Micah 6.8. And scripture says, Micah 6.8, He has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with the Lord your God. Doing justice is making the world as God imagines it to be. Doing what is right, even when no one else is watching. Each of us have been impacted by people doing justice, standing up for what is right. If you've been personally impacted by people doing justice, write a comment. Tell us how someone has impacted your life through justice. 
He then says, the prophet then says, to love kindness or love mercy. Now, this is the kind of mercy and kindness that people do not deserve. So often, we are willing to love people if we feel like they deserve it. But this is the kind of love that, or the kindness to give it to people who do not necessarily deserve it. You know, in the United Methodist Church, we don't believe in the death penalty. And that's because we hope that every single person that's in prison, that's not in prison, will have an opportunity to come and know Jesus. It's not that they deserve life. You know, people who die all the time deserve life. But we can choose not to take life. And so we want to give everybody an opportunity to receive God's incredible mercy. Share in the comments about where you have received God's mercy for your life. The third part is walking humbly with the Lord your God. And what I find is when I walk humbly with God, God interrupts my day. And God sends me on little missions that I never would have thought of otherwise. For example, he often will put someone in my mind. And, and I know that when a name comes randomly in my mind, I could be eating my Cheerios. And all of a sudden, God just puts a name in my mind. And then I know that I need to reach out to them. You see, God, if we walk humbly with the Lord our God, God will interrupt our day-by-day work and say, this is some place you need to go. This is some place you need to be. Will you post online and share if, if you've had one of those interruptions where God has sent you somewhere? Or if someone has reached out to you in that way? Let's take a look at the comments and see um, what people are saying. Um, Emily Levine, our Women's Bible Studies group, these ladies are amazing in so many ways. Tavon, I agree with you. Micah 6 8's always been my favorite scripture. Now that I'm a pastor, it's probably one of my favorite scriptures, but it's, it's great. Aaron saying that Janet Townsend and Ashley Garib, sorry, Ashley, I know how to say your name, um, when her parents passed away this year. Um, Kyle Krause, all my brothers and sisters at Rockbridge. Roxy, this church has transformed my life in so many ways. Bill, with a shout out to our life groups, which are the lifeblood of Rockbridge Church. Ashley, the Women's Bible Study Group. I'm so incredibly blessed to have joined them. Um, Neil and Aaron. Well, I guess this is Aaron because it's their ladies' retreat. Um, and she did remind me that the word here for kindness is hesed. And you are absolutely right, Aaron. Thank you for being a pastor and sharing that with me. Um, and yes, thank you for Donita. I did, um, I, I'm so glad that you're back with us and for all that have checked in with you. So. I'm sorry, this is a little bit different for me, so I'm, I'm kind of going as we do. So, you know, a few, few years ago, it was really popular for people to do random acts of kindness. Anybody remember that? When people were like, hey, do random acts of kindness. And in that moment, I thought, how much better would it be if instead of random acts of kindness, we did intentional, life-changing acts of kindness? Has anybody seen the movie Pay It Forward? I love that movie, although it's a tearjerker. And in the movie, a student is given a project by his teacher to change the world, which is a crazy thing. This is like a fifth or sixth grader probably. That's a, that's a pretty huge task. And so the character in the movie comes with this idea that if one person does three acts of great kindness for three other people, but these have to be life-changing acts, not, not little ones like buying someone's coffee, but things that will deeply impact their life. For example, he invites a homeless man to come home with him one day, and his mom freaks out, rightfully so. He gets two people. He gets his mom to fall in love 
but he does great acts of kindness. And then he says, I want you to pay it forward. And if each of you do it three times, and so if it goes from one to three to nine to 27 to 81, hopefully I'm not messing up my math again, to 243, but it keeps tripling every single time. And then we just keep paying it forward and impacting people's life. And I want us to do that. As we are all practicing this social distancing, which is very important, I want us to think how we can do these acts of kindness that will deeply impact the world. You know, Netflix is offering their services for free in Italy. Not all heroes wear capes. What other acts? Start posting in the comments so that we can share these. and Maybe we can send these out. What other acts can we do as a church as people feel isolated and alone to deeply impact? I had some ideas. What if every day we call a friend? Pick up the phone. And maybe use video chat so you feel even closer. Check on your neighbor. Maybe you have a neighbor who's elderly. And don't go in, but maybe you can knock on the door if, they don't, if you don't have their phone number, and then back up and, and see what they need. Maybe they need someone to go get groceries for them. Or you can use your grocery delivery service so that they can get groceries delivered to their house. My heart was broke as I heard a story of an elderly lady in a parking lot in, at a grocery store, afraid to go in, just begging people to go in and buy her groceries. How can we reach out in love and kindness? Let's see what ideas you have. Um, let's see what our people are posting on here. We can, Ashley Snyder says we can still be close, even though we're apart. Absolutely. Emily Levine said do group devotions on the Bible study app. Phil Gore, take fresh coffee to the homeless. I like that. Uh, Gabriella. <laughs> Gabriella Tidmore said cook a meal and gather items to drop off at a sick person's house while they're not able to get out. These are great ideas. Keep them coming. Keep them on the, on the post. So here's what I'm asking us to do as a church. This is our five for this week. Five acts of kindness a week. So if you do the math and you do five acts of kindness, that's 260 acts of kindness. Now imagine if we have about 180 people who regularly attend in some way at Rockbridge Church. If you multiply that out, that's 46,800 acts of kindness. Do you think that could change from the world? When the church says, here I am, world, or here I am, Lord, send me, the world changes. Now, I think there are people in this room, though, I mean the virtual room <laughs> that we're in, that you feel God calling you to do something big. That maybe you feel like Moses who felt called to deliver the people of God from slavery. Or Isaiah, the call to be a prophet. Or Samuel, the call of being a prophet. Maybe God is speaking to you right now and telling you, I'm calling you. I want you to say, here I am, Lord, send me. I want all of us to say, here I am, Lord, send me. Let's say that together. Here I am, Lord, send me. Here I am, Lord, send me. Say yes to God. It may be a difficult road, but it is the greatest thing that you could ever do because you will feel more joy and more connected to our Savior the more that you serve in the way that you, you are called to serve. You know, I have this basket in front of me. I was going to give these to everybody today. And uh, they're little gifts, little trinkets that, uh, you give it, that you get at Christmas for decorations. But I wanted this to be a reminder of your five acts of kindness and that each of you are a gift. That when we say, here I am, Lord, send me, that we are a gift to the world. 
You are a gift. And what are gifts? There's something that are meant to be shared. Share your love. Share your kindness with the world. If you're wrestling with this, I want to share the Wesleyan Covenant Prayer. This was written by John Wesley, who's the founder of the United Methodist Church. And he wrote it as a way for us to commit to giving it all to God. If you're at home, I think it's going to be on the screen. It, um, it should be one of the slides. Is it up? Okay. And so you should be seeing that in front of you. And this is what it says. Actually, I, I want you to say this with me as a prayer as we close the sermon time. I am no longer my own, but thine. Put me to what thou wilt. Rank me with whom thou wilt. Put me to doing. Put me to, be su- to suffering. Let me be employed by thee or laid aside for thee. Exalted for thee or brought low for thee. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thou art mine, and I am thine. So be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. Five acts of kindness a week. 260, 46,800 by our church. Commit to this. We're going to have a Google Doc that we're going to send out to you this week. And we want you to share every time you have an opportunity to do this. You can do it anonymously so that we know the incredible impact that you're having on the world around you. Just because we are a little bit distanced from each other does not mean that we don't need each other. I need you. You need each other. Your community needs you. Your neighbors need you. Reach out with Christ's love. Because when the church says, here I am, Lord, the world changes. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. One last thing, I'm just going to take a moment, and I'm going to teach you a breath prayer. This is a time of high anxiety. I know even this morning myself, I was a little bit frazzled. This is a whole new thing, being like a tele-preacher or whatever. (laughs) But we need peace. And the promise of God is that Jesus will provide us the peace that exceeds all understanding. And so I want to teach you a breath prayer. First thing we're going to do is we're going to breathe in and we're going to say the name Lord Jesus Christ. And then we're going to breathe out and just say, give me your peace. Will you say that with me? Breathe in, Lord Jesus Christ. Breathe out, give me your peace. Lord Jesus Christ. Give me your peace. Lord Jesus Christ, give me your peace. Let's just do that for a moment. Lord Jesus Christ, give me your peace. Lord Jesus Christ, give me your peace. Now I'm going to hand it back over to our lovely worship team. This song that we're fixing to sing is what we sang last week. Uh, it's called I'm Listening. And what this, is, this song is essentially about is being aware that God speaks to us and waiting in patience for what he has for us. Maybe that comes through a word. 
Maybe it comes through a sentence. Maybe it comes through a feeling or a drive or an emotion. But I, I encourage you to, to grab on to whatever it is that God is going to speak to you through this, this song, through the message, and, and don't let go of it. One word you speak 
Church, I just want you to know you are loved. We are here for you. We're going to figure this out together. This is a new adventure for all of us. Thank you so much for everyone who joined online. I felt your presence today. I felt a nearness to you, even though you're not sitting in this room. I love you. We love you. We are here for you. Let us know what we can do. Be ready to, to explore, connect with one another in a lot of different ways. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be challenging, but we're going to get through this together. Receive this blessing. Know that you are called. God is calling you. May you respond, here I am, Lord, send me. Because when you say, here I am, Lord, the world changes. Go and be a gift to the world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.